all doing good today? Amen. Are you ready for the word? Good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and grab our Bibles, grab our notebooks. They're going to get me a podium. Whew. That was big deal, guys. I saw my life flash before my eyes. All right, well, go ahead and uh, say hi to the person next to you while I'm waiting for that podium to come out just because I need to be able to get ready and set up. But don't you love our team, their creativity, all the work they put in? Amen. We are starting a series today called Discovering the Kingdom. I was probably early high school when I heard this message and it changed the way I saw everything. For some reason, when I was a kid, I always thought of church as just a religious organization, just a place you go and you worship God and you're a good religious follower. But a man came to our church and began to declare the kingdom of God to me. And it completely shaped my identity. It shaped how I interact with the king. It shaped my sense of responsibility in the earth as a king's kid, amen? It shaped how I view the enemy as defeated and that we have the authority of the kingdom over him. And so we're gonna get into that over the next eight weeks. You might say, well, where does Indiana Jones come into all this, Pastor Kevin? When I think of Indiana Jones, I think of an archeologist, someone who goes and digs up some buried treasure things that have been forgotten, things from the past, and he would go find them and he would bring them and rescue them and bring them. He was passionate about bringing them to a place where other people could see them. So that's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna bring you through treasures of the kingdom of God, concepts, practices, principles, things that have always existed, but maybe through the years we've forgotten. Maybe for the years some of you knew some of these things, but you need someone to bring them out of the dust and to repurpose them back into your current reality. I believe this message is one of the most important things we can be discussing over the next eight weeks. We live in a very changing time and landscape in the earth. Governments are all unstable. The wisdom of man is failing. Economies are up and down. There's winds of change and social unrest. But you know, through all of that and throughout the generations, there's always been the kingdom of God. Kingdoms have come and kingdoms have gone, but the kingdom of God just keeps advancing. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Somehow, understanding this concept of the kingdom of God has kept people throughout the generations who have suffered through oppression, They've suffered through challenges on this earth because they knew that this was temporal, but every seed they sowed was to something eternal. And that one day all of this would be gone and the invisible kingdom of God would become visible. One day that unseen realm would come and touch onto this planet in a new heaven and new earth and our king of kings would rule and reign and that's a reality. That's not Sunday school class. That's the end of the book, my friends, and the beginning of a new story. It is so important that we understand the kingdom of God today. Are you ready? Let's jump into this. This was Jesus' message when he came to Jerusalem and he came to Israel in the time of Roman occupation. The reason I say that again is this is the message of Jesus. Sometimes we don't realize, we think he came to preach the good news and we think it was good news about going to heaven. Jesus came to preach the good news that the kingdom of God had been made available and access had been returned to mankind. That's the good news. Are you understanding this? Jesus didn't preach, let me get you to heaven. Jesus preached, this is the kingdom. This is the entrance into the kingdom. And so now you're under this Roman occupation. Now you're seeing the oppression that you're under but you are part of something bigger than this. And there, are, there is authority and there is resource, amen, economy, influence that starts breaking forth into this world from the kingdom of God. That's the good news. See, the good news wasn't just one day 
you'll enter the kingdom of God, but rather through faith in Christ, you enter the kingdom today. And that kingdom begins to break forth into this realm. One day, officially, permanently, in reality, yes, he will set up his throne on the earth. But you don't have to wait for that day. The kingdom of God begins to invade this space. How many of you want the kingdom of God to start breaking forth in your home, anyone? The kingdom of God to start breaking forth in your physical body. The kingdom of God to start breaking forth in your finances. Doesn't matter the earth's economy because you're connected to a heavenly economy. The kingdom breaking forth, amen. The kingdom of God, we live out of our beliefs. Please write that in your notes. That's why this next eight weeks is gonna be about shaping your beliefs. You live out of what you believe. Right believing will equate to right living. And as you see yourself, not as a religious follower, but as a child of God, the King, you begin to act and interact differently. You begin to see influence coming out of your life. You begin to see responsibility that you have to push back darkness and to bring the light of God. How we see ourselves matters. Do we see ourselves as religious followers or citizens of a kingdom? Say citizens. Citizens, citizens of a kingdom. You might say, well, I'm an American citizen, or I come from another country, or you may have this political view or this political view. Above all that, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And your biggest political view is whatever Jesus says, and whatever the king's political view is. Amen. The kingdom of God is not a democracy, it's a kingdom. And the king's will prevails. Amen. It's a good place to say a big amen. Amen. We don't get a vote. It's hard for us in a democracy where we want to vote on everything. Do we agree with that principle in the Bible? If the king wants that principle, he knows better than us. He's the king. We say yes. Do we change the definition of this or the definition of that based on cultural norms? Only the king can change the definition of something. We don't get a vote. Amen. And how we interact with this kingdom is also how we're going to prosper in this life connected to that kingdom. Do we see ourselves as a religious follower or as a citizen of a kingdom? Do we see ourselves as limited or trapped into this system of government and this world? I want to break you free from feeling trapped. Trapped by what you hear on the news. Because though this nation has its issues and its ups and downs, the kingdom of God is stable and sure. Don't take your joy out of what's happening on the news. Take your joy from the kingdom of God and the stability of that kingdom and the authority of that kingdom and the eternal aspect of that kingdom. Amen. I want to break us out of feeling trapped, suffocated, as if our world is falling apart if it doesn't sort itself out. The Bible's already told us this world will come to an end at some point, but the kingdom of God lasts forever. Everything you do for Christ and his kingdom will outlast this earth. Amen. Please do not feel trapped by what you hear in the news or what systems are doing whatever they're doing on this planet. Do you see yourselves as children of the king? Heirs meant to have dominion. See, religious followers are just like, a lot of times they're like beggars, begging for the attention of their God begging for a little bit of help from their God. You are not a religious follower. Are you understanding me? You are a child of a king, the king of kings. You are an heir. And you are all equal heirs in the kingdom. There are not some that inherit more than others. There are not some with more influence than others. There are not some that are greater loved than others. We are equal in the kingdom of God. Every tribe, every tongue, male, female, you are equal in the kingdom of God. You are joint heirs with Christ. And you have been returned to a place of dominion. Religious followers aren't looking for dominion. They're looking for escape. They're looking for a little bit of help. You are looking to bring transformation to the world around you. Religious followers are begging. You are decreeing and declaring. You are bringing change. 
you are accessing the will of God from heaven, praying and living it out into the earth, building his plans and purposes into this realm. Are you understanding this? It's a totally different mindset than just a little religious follower. By the way, God has no grandkids, which means all of you are first generation child of God, heir of the king. Do you understand this? You personally are connected to the king of the universe. You personally are an heir to his inheritance. Amen. And to his influence. This is more than just some little nice religion. This is a kingdom. Amen. You have responsibility to govern. What we do matters in this earth. The world is in the shape it's in because the body of Christ has not done what it's been called to do. We have not taken our dominion. We have not stood up for the kingdom, amen? We have not gotten involved in places that we're supposed to have influence. Religious mindsets think that all our influence is just in little religious church buildings. Your influence is for the earth, not church buildings alone. Come on. Amen. And this fallen culture, this fallen world will try to shove you into a religious building. But as a kingdom citizen, you don't just sit in one building. You walk this earth. Amen. And you have influence and you bring the kingdom everywhere you go. Today we're going to talk about the reality that there is a kingdom. Say there is a kingdom. We were created to have dominion. That's important. He is the king of kings. We fell as a people. Maria mentioned this earlier in communion. We fell and lost connection to the kingdom. Jesus restored access to the kingdom. We are connected to the kingdom now. That's where we're headed today. You're not connected to the kingdom when you die. You're connected to the kingdom now. Foundational thought. Please write this in your notes. The kingdom of God has always existed. Amen. That's God's domain, God's dominion. From his dominion, the king decided to make this earth an extension of his domain. In one respect, we are a colony from the beginning. In the beginning, when God formed the earth, from his kingdom, he decided to make a colony called the planet Earth. And he decided to colonize it with his people. Do you understand this? A colony in Webster's Dictionary, an area over which a foreign nation or state extends or maintains control. That's what God's will was when he made the earth. That's what God's will was when he made the garden. Notice he wasn't making a church service. He wasn't making a religious organization. He was colonizing. He was taking from his realm, from his dominion, and he places his kids on that piece of soil, and he says, this is a reflection of my domain, of my dominion. And I'm putting my kids, my heirs there, to learn and to lead as I show them, as I lead from where I am, and they're to model and do what I do there in that colony. An area over which a foreign nation or state extends or maintains control, also it's a group of people who establish a residence in that area and retains ties with the parent state. When we were set up, we were set up for success. The Garden of Eden would have been extremely successful. It would have looked like a lot like our father's dominion, our father's domain. And we would have learned to lead from our, watching our father lead. And we would have been able to lead in this dominion, in this colony. If you look through colonies throughout history, you can see where when England would go colonize a certain place, a lot of the flavor and practices and traditions of that homeland would find its place into that colony which is why you can go into places all over the world and they would have tea time. Where did that come from? Came from the homeland. Are you understanding? They would have all kinds of practices and all kinds of traditions and language and food and culture that would represent the homeland. And the same thing would have happened with the Garden of Eden. The king set up his children in his image to learn to rule and have dominion here as kingdom ambassadors. Psalms 115:16. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to mankind. So God's domain, dominion, currently is the heavens. But then he made the earth, and then he set up his kids 
in the earth to lead and have dominion. Are you understanding this so far? I'm just bringing you through a logical plan of thought. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. Please write it in your notes. It's also in the notes I provide to you on the app. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over all the earth. Let them rule over all the earth. Dominion. Fish of the sea, birds of the sky, all the cattle on the ground, but not over one another. We were never meant to have dominion and dominate one another. We are all equal members of this family. And let me tell you something. I know in my own household, there is, a, there is an equality that needs to be kept, an equilibrium that needs to be kept with all of my kids. Are you hearing me? They have to work together, and they're all leaders in their own right. They all have gifts and talents. They need to learn how to trust each other's gifts and talents. But not one of those kids was meant to dominate the other one. Are you understanding me? They learn how to respect one another for the gifts on the inside. It sounds like a body working together where all the members are equally needed but we were never meant to dominate one another. Amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. We sinned and handed our dominion of this realm over to the devil. He became the God of this world, and the kingdoms of this world went to him. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. And the devil said to Jesus, when he went to tempt him, he said, I will give you all of this domain. That word domain means kingdoms, authority. And its glory, listen to what he said, for it has been handed over to me. When did he get it? When the two kings that God set up on the earth bowed their knee and submitted to him. And they gave that dominion and that authority over these kingdoms to him. It was never meant to belong to the devil. Amen. It has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I want. Christianity was not meant to become a religion. Rather, it was the king of kings' way back for his kids to access that kingdom of which we lost both now and in eternity. I want you to hear that. When Jesus came preaching the kingdom, he wasn't trying to establish a world religion. It was never about a religion. But you say, Pastor Kevin, in all the history books and all the sociology books, it lists Christianity as one of the leading world religions. It's because this world doesn't know how to handle us. And they try to categorize us as a religion which means it's separate, it's over here somewhere, but it doesn't necessarily affect economy, government, society, family. But we were meant to have dominion as a kingdom, not be delegated or relegated into some little side thing called religion that people come in and out of. Are you understanding this? You are not a religious person. You are a child of God a joint heir with Christ, a king's kid, and you have a responsibility to take dominion and to lead in this planet. Not just go have a business and go make money and then you go be religious on Sundays. Jesus wasn't making a religion. He was opening the way back to the kingdom, which would then restore to you the authority, the access, the power, the anointing, the provision, that the kingdom originally offered. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. Because I want you to see it's both now and into eternity. Our king isn't waiting to be king until the end of this world story. He's always been king. The government of God has always been there. He's not waiting for us to be done with the planet and then hand it back over to him. He's always king. And he's connected you to him and to his kingdom like we were in the beginning. Amen. That's what being redeemed means. Redeemed back to original. Not just forgiven, but brought back to original position. Brought back to original access. 
and brought back to original responsibility. I love that word responsibility because this generation has come into our hands and we have a responsibility to hear from the king and to carry out his plan. And then he's gonna back it up because it's his plan. And the kingdom of God, since the time of Christ here, my friends, has been breaking forth into this realm. Amen. All leading up to the day that this is done and that heavenly kingdom lands here. Are you enjoying this so far? Is your mind capturing the idea of this? You are not simply a Christian. Please write this down. You are a citizen. You are not just a Christian. You are a citizen of God's kingdom. A citizen. Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> a native or naturalized person who owes allegiance to a government and is entitled to be protected by that government. Don't you like that? Your allegiance goes to a higher government. That's why if this world's governments ever tell you that you're not allowed to serve the king anymore, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. I'm going to serve the king. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. And that's why, amen. That's why people have been willing to lay their lives down for it. It's not just for a religion, it's for a king and for a kingdom. They're building something bigger than just a shared group of beliefs called a religion. You're helping build the kingdom of God. A native or naturalized person who owes allegiance to a government and is entitled to be protected by it. And I love that language because when you start seeing yourself as a citizen, then you begin to lay hold of what belongs to you. Which means if the government of our God has promised protection and provision, because it goes on to say the definition of citizen, one entitled to rights and privileges of a freedman, entitled to rights and privileges. We call them great and precious promises. But you know, in religion, we're hoping that our God will grant us some of these rights or privileges. But in a kingdom as a citizen, it's not about, is our God gonna choose this one and not this one? It's a right and a privilege as a citizen of the kingdom of God. You don't have to wonder if you're allowed to ask or allowed to receive. It belongs to you. It's in your new covenant, or you might call it your constitution. Are you understanding this? And it's not, on a, not that God would be whimsical or have whims and, and be changing where he loves one more than another. I understand that. God is just, God is fair, God is constant. He's unchanging. But I'm using the idea of religion now, where people in their religion wonder if their God is going to do something on their behalf. In a citizenship, there's no wondering if the president or if the government feels like doing something. If it's written in the Constitution, you need to do this. Are you hearing me? You have rights and privileges granted to you by the covenants that God has chosen to put and write in his own blood. You might say, well, Kevin, that sounds kind of pushy. That sounds kind of arrogant. Aren't we supposed to be humble? Listen, no one forced him to write these promises. No one forced him to make this covenant. This is him saying, I want you to believe for this. This belongs to you as my child, as my citizen in my kingdom because you're gonna live in a hostile environment that's gonna take all kinds of things away from you, so I want you to have assurance. It is not arrogance to declare and stand on a promise that the king made to us. Amen, that's called faith, not arrogance. God, I believe you wrote this. God, I believe your will when you wrote this, and I believe it's still your will. Amen. in our rights and privileges as a citizen here and now. If someone tries to take those rights and privileges away from you, we need to stand up and say, no, that's not allowed. In the natural realm, can I get an amen? amen. And stop backing down when people want to take rights away that are written in our Constitution. Come on. Stop, don't be passive about it. In the natural, don't be passive about it. 
but I'm trying to encourage us the same is true in the kingdom. Those things belong to you, and when the devil tries to talk you out of it, tell you it doesn't belong to you, or maybe God's changed or something, or maybe it belongs to someone else and not you, you say, no, I am an equal citizen in the kingdom of God. I am an equal child in the kingdom of God. I'm not some third generation grandkid or something like that. I am a first generation born Christian, born believer in the household of God, and my daddy, who is a king, promised these things to me so that I could prosper in this realm while I wait for him to come physically and finish this thing but I am given everything I need for life and godliness, and I'm not subject to the changing tides of the world or the cultures or the opinions or even the laws that they may change because the laws of the kingdom continue to break forth into this realm. Are you hearing me? God is calling you to his kingdom, not a religion. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. The apostle said, we pleaded with you, encouraged you, urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. You have been called into a kingdom, not into a religion. You were placed into the kingdom. I like this part. You've been placed into the kingdom now, not when you die. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. Paul again teaching. He's saying, I always thank God the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance. That would be the rights and privileges that belong to his people. We can call them citizens who live in light. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. This is all past tense. Are you hearing this? He has enabled you to share in the inheritance. Those are your rights and privileges. Please write this in your notes. He's enabled you. You are able to share in the inheritance. The inheritance are your rights and privileges. He's made it possible for you to receive them. He's qualified you. Amen. You have rights and privileges and inheritance which you can access now. That belong, say belong. Belong Belong to his people. Belong to you. That's what standing in faith is. That's what declaring the scripture is. That's the posture of faith that sets its face like flint, saying that what God has promised. We sing it on a Sunday. He said it, I believe it, it is done. This is why we can do that. He has enabled you to share in an inheritance, rights and privileges that belong, 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 belong. Not that you're earning, they already belong to you as an inheritance. People, his people, who are his people? Citizens of the kingdom. And this whole kingdom is filled with his kids. His citizens are his children, praise God who live in light, for he has, say he has, that's past tense, rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We lived in the kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms. I say this quite often. There's God's kingdom and there's the devil's kingdom. You don't get a kingdom. You're either serving God or you're serving the devil. Now that devil's kingdom can look like all these other kingdoms of men and thoughts and ideals of men. But if you're not serving God in his kingdom, you're serving the devil. You say, I don't serve the devil, I serve myself. The devil will let you think that you're either serving the kingdom of God or you're serving the kingdom of darkness. You don't get a kingdom, amen, of your own. You can choose to opt into God's kingdom, amen, and become a king under a king, amen. Um, He's rescued you from darkness, transferred, say transferred, It's like he picked you up and he placed you in to the kingdom of his dear son. All by a work of God. Isn't that great? And that's your current residence. Listen to me. Not when you die. This is not a message about heaven. You're like, that sounds good. Yes, we're going into the kingdom of God one day in glory. You're missing it. 
You have been transferred into the kingdom of God now when you place your faith in, faith in Jesus, which means now you can access, which was what the gospel good news was, while these Israelites and Jews were under the oppression of Rome, they were waiting for a kingdom from God. They weren't waiting for heaven. They were waiting for deliverance from an earthly oppression. So this idea that one day when you go to, when you die, you'll go into the kingdom of God, you're missing it. When you give your faith, when you place your faith in Jesus, you are now transferred into the kingdom of God. You may still live in this fallen world, and we still interact with it, but we now have access to that eternal kingdom, which has always existed, and to the king who sits upon the throne of the universe. And his provision and his wisdom, amen. Isn't that good? I feel like it's a lot better than the amens I'm hearing. <laughs> Jesus knew who he was and why he came. John chapter 18, verse 33 through 37. Therefore, Pilate entered the praetorium again, and he summoned Jesus, and he said, you are the king of the Jews? So he was asking him a question. Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own, or did someone tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Verse 36, Jesus answered, listen to him. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting so that it would not be handed over to you. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. He wanted to make sure he was hearing this right. So you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. Amen. Don't you love that? Jesus had no hesitancy to declare the truth. I am a king. I'm not a religious figure. Come on now. I'm not here to bring one of the largest world religions about. I am a king from a kingdom. And I have come to this earth to announce the kingdom of God, to announce, to proclaim the kingdom of God. You say correctly that I am a king. For this purpose I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Now, I'll get into this in weeks to come, but the kingdom of God will eventually come and reside here, okay? But Jesus was giving us a clue here that we're not meant to try to bring this kingdom about with swords and clubs and physical war. We got this wrong through the ages and generations where people tried to force Christianity upon people through force. The kingdom of God was meant to be sown, and as it's sown into people's heart, it takes over. It's sown like leaven into the dough, and it slowly begins to form. It's not, we don't use clubs and swords. You understand? We use seeds and words and faith and example. Amen. That's some really good preaching. I know, right? It's really good. Jesus' message, the good news of the kingdom of God. Here's Jesus' message. We call it the good news. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. Notice again. It's not a message preaching about going to heaven. Heaven is, a, is yes, it's a wonderful benefit, but it wasn't the motivator. Amen. Getting into the kingdom, accessing the kingdom was the motivator because his kids had been shut out of the kingdom from the fall. Luke chapter 4, verse 43, but he, Jesus replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God not the good news of heaven. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because this is why I was sent. Why was he sent? To preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Please make sure you add that definition, what the good news is. The good news, the great news, is no matter what oppression you're under, what current ruler of this world that you're under, you have access to the eternal kingdom. You have a way, he's the way maker, why can he be the way maker? Because he connects you to a power beyond this realm. Amen. Amen. 
Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come to, at last. He announced. I love this. He wasn't casual. He wasn't vague. He wasn't shy. He was announcing it. And remember, he's announcing it in the face of a Roman occupation. I <laughs> just think this is awesome, right? The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near, some translations say. Others say at hand. And others, I love this, say within reach. He wasn't saying the kingdom of God is like near as in soon to come. He was saying the kingdom of God is no longer out there. It's right here. One confession away. Amen. Isn't that great? The kingdom of God isn't somewhere out there. The kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. And those that will grasp it, those that will lay hold of it, will possess it. Amen. That's the good news. Amen. It's not good news that, yeah, when you die one day, everyone knew that. Yes, when we die, we're done with this. The good news was that the kingdom of God isn't way out there. It's right here. And the door, which he's the door, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's the door. He's the door into the kingdom. You say, well, he's the door to God. Yes, the king of the kingdom. <laughs> he's the door into God's kingdom. Amen. The disciples had the same message. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples, gave them power and authority to cast out demons, to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. I want you to see that wasn't just Jesus' message. He then charged his disciples, go preach the kingdom of God. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus? Would you raise your hand? This is our message. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within reach. Jesus made it within reach. Why? Because he qualified you to be able to take hold of it. You couldn't take hold of it with sinful stained hands, but now you've been made pure and washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You've been born again, reborn as an heir in the family of a kingdom of God. Amen. And then I want you to see that these healings and deliverances, what are those? Those are the kingdom of God breaking through. Amen? There's no sickness in heaven. And so the kingdom of God and the healing from heaven breaks through the earth. The devil doesn't get to control God's people. The kingdom of God comes and puts the devil in his place and breaks through on the earth. You're going to notice everywhere Jesus preached the kingdom, power and authority from the kingdom manifests itself. Why? It's the kingdom breaking forth from that kingdom into this realm. It's showing you that this is real. Are you understanding this? It's signs following the preaching of the word that the devil's been defeated. Why? Because the king is entering the room. Amen. The good news of the kingdom of God is breaking forth in this realm. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, from the Message Bible. Say Message Bible. From there, he went all over Galilee, speaking of Jesus. He used synagogues for meeting places, and he taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme that beginning right now, say right now, they were under God's government, a good government. Amen. You're citizens of that government with rights and privileges. I keep repeating. So you grasp this. Right now you're under God's government, not when you die. It's a good government, the greatest government. He, is also, he also healed people of their diseases, of the bad effects, listen to this, of their bad lives. Isn't that a great way to say that? The bad effects of a bad life. And the power of God coming in is the kingdom of God breaking through. The kingdom of God setting you free. The kingdom of God providing your need. The kingdom of God bringing you healing and restoring you and your body. Word got around the entire Roman providence in Syria. People brought anybody with an ailment, whether mental, listen to this, maybe you face some of these things, mental, emotional, physical. Jesus healed them one and all. 
The kingdom of God, you can celebrate that. The kingdom of God has rights and privileges and enough power and authority to heal you mentally, emotionally, and physically. Amen. His kingdom and his kingdom message and what the kingdom is providing is meant to take care of all of you, not just your eternity when you die. Can somebody just say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. More and more people came. Of course they would. Why? Because results are happening. <laughs> the kingdom's breaking forth. More and more people came. The momentum gathering. Besides those from Galilee, crowds came from 10 other towns across the lake. Others up from Jerusalem and Judea. Still others from across the Jordan. Again, I'll say that examples of the kingdom of God breaking forth are the deliverances that you see through the scripture. The authority that you see released. That's the king's authority coming in. Healings, miracles, signs, wonders, supernatural provision that you see. That's all the kingdom of God showing up. That's the kingdom of God. Please don't just call it signs, wonders, and miracles because you may accidentally just place it into a religious category of some mystical powers rather than rights and privileges for the children of the kingdom. Do you see the difference? Because superstitious powers and religions of all over the world promise powers and all these things, but you weren't just promised powers, you were promised rights and privileges as citizens. Amen. This isn't mysticism, this is authority. Hear this? This is a government that's more real than we can see, that has always existed, and that will outlast everything we see now, and it's that kingdom breaking forth into this kingdom, into this realm. Luke 10, 9, Jesus charges the disciples, heal the sick, tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. See what I'm saying? He connected it, he connected it, he connected it. Heal the sick, tell them that's the kingdom. Heal the sick, tell them it's the kingdom. Don't let them leave it in a category of some wishy-washy miracle. Tell them the kingdom of God has visited them. Amen. Luke chapter 11, verse 20, if I'm casting out demons, Jesus said, by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. He didn't just want it, casting out demons. He was letting them know it's the kingdom breaking forth and setting people free from a fallen realm, from a dark kingdom. Amen. The demonstrations illustrate that the kingdom of God supersedes, listen to me, the curse of the fall. The kingdom of God coming to us through Jesus demonstrates the kingdom of God supersedes the curse of the fall. It supersedes natural economy. How many times did Jesus provide loaves and fishes or treasure out of a fish's mouth or abundant catch in the water? What is that? That's the kingdom of God, kingdom economy that the sons of the kingdom can access. Come on, church, are you hearing me? You can say that I've been fishing all night in my job and I haven't made anything, but the kingdom of God can break forth and you can go back out and catch a, a boatload of fish that, that's out of time and season. Are you hearing me? And bring in more than you could imagine because you're connected to an economy. There's a heavenly kingdom you're connected to, but if you just think yourself as a religious follower, you're just begging for a little loaf of bread, you're not standing upon kingdom law, rights and privileges, that never have the righteous been forsaken, never have I seen the seed begging bread, that I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Are you hearing me, church? Rather than begging for some help, being able to stand and declare, I am a child of God, and you have abundantly supplied all my needs according to riches and glory. Amen. And begin expecting kingdom breakthrough. Amen. These demonstrations illustrate that the kingdom of God supersedes the curse of the fall, natural economy, Satan's authority. That's where you saw him casting out demons. Natural law. Jesus cursed the fig tree, told it to wither up and die, and it did. Amen. Jesus walks on water. That's all just the kingdom of God just breaking forth. Kingdom of God breaking forth. Amen. That doesn't mean that you go out and just try to walk on water going, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Don't be weird about that. All right? Jesus called Peter to do it. He didn't try to just test it and drown. That's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. But I just felt led to say it in case anyone got any weird ideas. With Lake Eola over here, okay? 
Finally, the kingdom of God is not someday in the future. Jesus came to open the door to bring his sons and daughters back to access the kingdom of God here and now. And then to demonstrate it so others can see the kingdom. Come into the kingdom. Come into the kingdom. There is hope. Come into the kingdom. We're not limited to the realm that we see. We're not limited to the stuff we see in our society. We can access a greater kingdom. And then we don't hide waiting for a future day. We go right into that dark kingdom and we bring the kingdom of God with us. And we're not afraid of the darkness because we've been sent to go and be a light, a light of the kingdom of God, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Are you understanding that, church? Why don't you go ahead and stand up as we close in a word of prayer. Did you get anything out of that today? Go ahead and give God praise for his word, would you? Give God praise for his word. I want to pray this into your heart. I know there was a lot to digest in this. So I'm going to ask God over the next eight weeks to give us time to unpack it and to begin to practice it and begin to not just hear it like an education, but to receive it as a revelation and that God would illuminate our hearts to it. So this is a journey we're on. Is that okay? You don't have to grasp it all today, but you need to know what's available. And I want to pray this as a beginning seed into your life. And then I'm gonna give you the opportunity to enter the kingdom through Jesus. So let's pray. Put your hand over your heart. God, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we are sons and daughters of the king. I thank you for a kingdom that supersedes and outlasts all the other kingdoms. And God, I thank you that you start to open our eyes to see what has been given us, what our rights and privileges are, but also our responsibility our responsibility in the earth to be salt, to be light, to bring the kingdom of God to other people and bring them that hope and access. God, I thank you. I thank you for this message. Open our hearts, sow it deep within us. Help it to begin to change how we pray, how we worship, how we engage in this world. We give you glory. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you leave today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's your way into the kingdom. Not the kingdom someday when you die, but the kingdom of God coming to you here and now. Would you close your eyes one more time? The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages and penalty of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And then the Bible goes on to tell us how. It says, all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so today I want to give you an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord to save you from sin, but then save you into the kingdom of God, the family of God. And so if that's you today, you say, Pastor Kevin, I have never asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. When I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you right where you are. Or you might say, I used to have a walk with God but I've walked away, my heart's grown cold, and I would like to restart my walk with Jesus today. You can call on the name of the Lord too. So if that's you, either one of those categories, never prayed, or you'd like to have a restart, when I count to three, just raise your hand right where you are. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up real high? Put your hand up so I can see it. We wanna pray for you. There's a hand right there, awesome. See that hand? Anybody else today? I need to give my life to Jesus. Please pray for me. Anybody else today? There's a second hand there. Awesome. Anyone else? There's a third hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Praise God. All right, church, there's a fourth hand way in the back. I see that one. All right, let's pray together, would you? Let's all pray together so they're not praying by themselves. Would you repeat this as, with the faith that you have in your heart, whatever all your heart you have, just pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Thank you for saving me from sin and into your kingdom and family. Be my God in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you celebrate those four that we saw? Praise God.
Welcome home. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.